This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. On this program, I'd like to talk to you a bit about personal versus impersonal concepts. Now, the impersonal concept is described in the Vedic literature as troublesome. Now, why troublesome? Well, it's troublesome because it takes a very long time to achieve the perfection of impersonalist realization. It's not something that's easy to come to. And the troublesome part also comes where the goal of impersonal realization is unsustainable. Just like you may want to go to a restaurant and eat in every dish there. Oh, I love the cook here. I love the food here. I want one of everything. Yet you can't eat it all. It's unsustainable. Similarly, the impersonal conception of God is unsustainable. Why? Because there's no shelter. The impersonal conception of God is that God is energy. And that you can associate and interact with that energy or you can avoid that energy. It's our responsibility to find out what is our duty in life. And so, some people say it's to enjoy. That my mind and my body and my senses are happy, satisfied, healthy. Others say, no, no, that's inadequate. My mind must be satisfied. I must understand and I must be coordinated and I must be focused. Uh, I must be knowledgeable and satisfied, comfortable that I'm seeing things in proper perspective. And then there are others who say, no, 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 no. This isn't good enough. There must be some conception of God. I must have uh, a perspective of God that I'm part of his plan or I'm part of his entourage or I'm part of his focus. But God's nothing more than energy and if I raise my vibration rate, I can vibrate at the same rate as God and I realize, oh, I am God. And then he tries to take shelter of that conception, but it doesn't hold him up because he cannot exhibit the qualities of God. He can't create a planet. He can't stop the suffering or struggle. He can't stop old age and death. So he's not God. Even though he has a link, shall we say, connected to interacting with the energies of God, there is no place for him. He's simply speculating, he's simply sustaining, and he's bluffing himself to say, I'm happy, I'm satisfied, I'm complete. This impersonalist concept cannot stand. Now, the Vedic literature says that this platform concept is like committing spiritual suicide. It throws you into just the energies of God. Oh, yes, there's energy. Yes, there is uh, sustaining energy. But there's no service. There's nothing to do. And this is where it falls down. There is no activity. Activity is done by a person. 
And the right activity to do is where you do something good. Well, good, good for yourself? Well, that gets old because once you've got everything good, what are you doing then? Well, you do good to others. Oh, wait a minute. Others means there's other persons. Well, then you must accept that God is the supreme person. And the impersonalist philosophy rejects that, and so the impersonalist follower falls down. He cannot serve God because he doesn't think God is a person. So he falls down and he takes birth again in this human form and he tries to open hospitals or schools or some philanthropic activity, something that he perceives as doing good to humanity. But in that platform, it is all temporary. And sooner or later, the end of the body comes or the end of the project comes and he's caught again, and he doesn't have any service to do. So the only way that an impersonalist can achieve everlasting perfection is if he sees himself as eternal, and he has an eternal relationship as a person with the eternal supreme personality of Godhead, who is a person. It has to be. For the service to be transferred from one place to another, it has to go from one person to another person. You can't just serve an energy. You may derive energy from a light bulb or a heater, but you can't benefit it. Even if you supply the electricity, you can only supply a limited amount. You are not capable of eternally having a relationship, eternally supplying the needs and reciprocating the needs. This is what personal means. The person who creates the manifestation is capable of receiving service from it. The person who creates the living entities is capable of receiving service from them. And that can go on eternally. The eternal living entity can render service to the eternal Lord in the eternal spiritual world without cessation. That is shelter. No matter what it is you may have as an occupation, or you may have as a skill or talent, you need to continue to use it. This is, we see this that the people who play sport have a very difficult time because their body stops being able to do their sport. They can't sustain it permanently. The platform that you can sustain it permanently is when you understand yourself to be an eternal living entity, the Lord to be an eternal living entity, you have an eternal relationship between the two of you, and you act on that platform, you can do that eternally then you can achieve the perfection that you inherently feel is available to you. You want, you desire to be perfect. You desire to get it right. Find your place in life. So the impersonal conception doesn't give that opportunity. It gets the plat goes as far to the platform as the living entity tries to merge into the energy of God. I hear this from people who talk about yoga. 
I went into a cave and I focused and focused and focused until I felt the light within me and I felt the eternal light of God and I tried to merge the two together. This is called spiritual suicide. Because when the energies are merged together, it's homogeneous. There isn't a chance to serve. There isn't a chance to alter anything. It's just existence. Well, existence is there no matter what. Whether happiness or distress, spiritual world or material world, there's existence. You exist. But only in the platform when you are exchanging service as a person with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the topmost person, is the reciprocation sustainable? The Lord looks at you and says, okay, you have come to this platform of consciousness, you're willing and, and desirous to serve me. I would like you to do this service. And you go, all right, and you do that service. And when you've achieved that service, and go, Lord, here is the result. I have taken on that service. I have achieved the result. I deliver the result to you. I have completed the task you asked me to do. Now, <clears throat> the next thing that happens is the Lord says, now do this service. And again, the relationship is there. The service is there. The, uh, the actor of the service, you are there. The reciprocant of the results of the service is there. It's sustainable. And the servant can continue to bring the results and continue to get the assignment and continue to do the service. And the cycle goes on and on and on and on and on and on. The quality of this servant increases. The devotional level in it. The happiness of the Lord increases. The degree of assignment and the uh, uh, faith the Lord puts in you. The value of the assignments. The intimacy. The affection that's in the assignment increases. The whole thing grows spiritually and is sustainable. This is a real platform. Not the impersonal platform. But two persons interacting and exchanging service. In actuality, God serves his servants. He sees to them. You can see this in even a wealthy or a great man. He may have a butler and a maid and this and that, and they surrender these particular services to him, and yet he pays them handsomely, rewards them, appreciates them, encourages them, cares for them, it's a two-way street. That's the situation between the servant living entity who realizes his position as a servant and the Lord who's uh, grateful to receive selfless service. He's encouraged by your selfless service to support and sustain and reward you. The reward one gets from the causeless mercy of the Lord is so many times superior to anything one can achieve for himself. The Vedic literature says it's compared, uh, it's a, a cup of water compared to the vastness of the ocean. That's how great the difference is, how vast the difference is. The Vedic literature is trying to teach you how to see this correctly. To understand your eternal position and your eternal occupation and your existence as an eternal person and similarly to see God as 
a person. He has multiple unlimited energies that he manifests in many, many, many ways. But he is greater than the energies. He is the controller of the energies. He's not just the energy. Just like a king. He is the king of the kingdom. But he has so many ministers and servants and agents and representatives that are doing so many things on his behalf. They are not the king. They are the servants. They are the representatives of the king. They are his energies. And they're seeing to and maintaining, sustaining, doing all the work of the kingdom. It's still the king's kingdom. And yet the authority is there in these servants because it's invested by the king. And so there's the potency is there. The service is being done. But there's only one king. And he is above all of the servants. They are all responsible to him. It's the same situation. The Lord has all sorts of types of energies that sustain the manifestation and separate into incarnations and expansions that manifest, separate into you and I as multiple living entities. But the Lord is still separate from all of that as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A person. And from his position as a person, he can enter into any of the energies. He can associate, he can manipulate, he can alter, he can change, transform. He's completely in control of all of the energies. The Vedic literature says not a blade of grass moves without the sanction of the Lord. He has that unlimited potency. He doesn't execute it or exercise it, I think, upon you and I. He lets us have our free will. You manipulate your free will. But if you don't learn how to focus, if you don't learn how to use your free will, how to use your attention span, if you don't become skilled in that, you miss the opportunity. The opportunity to... Uh, dovetail your desires, your activities, your capabilities, your talents in a servitude way that, way that benefits the Lord's plan. This is where we are supposed to go. This is the consciousness we're supposed to achieve. The Vedic literature says, give up this bogus impersonal conception of perfection. It isn't there. You cannot be satisfied with saying, oh, I, I know there's an energy in the universe and it must be God because it's so powerful and that's good enough. No, 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 that's not good enough. Because you aren't that energy. And you see in the material world that sometimes that energy works for you and sometimes it works against you because of what you have earned. The Vedic literature says, wake up to the fact that there's nature is controlling you until you realize I use my free will to satisfy the Lord. And the Lord asks nature, let this person go. Let him come to me in service. I accept him as my servant. He's no longer serving in your material world. He's not your servant anymore. He's not serving his senses, his mind, his body. He's not serving the demigods. He's not serving society. He's not serving anybody. He's to serve 
me. And the Lord may assign you to any type of activity in any of those fields you just got liberated from. But when you're on assignment from the Lord, you're not implicated in the results. You execute the service the Lord has asked you to execute to the best of your ability. Win or lose, it's on the Lord's account, not on your account. You may do an excellent job and still fail. The Lord rewards the excellent job, not the success or failure. And this is what you have to realize. The concepts, the values, the perspective is almost opposite in spiritual life as it is in material life. In material life, it's just don't make three-legged chairs. Don't fail. Don't not finish the race. Don't give up or there's no reward. But in spiritual perspective, if this is the assignment you were given and you do everything in your power to do that service as best you can and you fail, that's okay. It doesn't matter. The Lord is pleased with your intent, your determination, your focus, your willing endeavor to do what He wants done. You may win, you may lose. But the Lord will be pleased at your sincerity. So we have to be focused on how to be sincere. We have to learn what does the Lord want. We have to understand how do I become a servant? How do I raise above the materialistic conception and become a servant mentality? This is given in the Vedic literature. It's a key principle. It's a primary principle in the Vedic literature that one understands his true occupational duty and he executes that duty to the best of his ability and he selflessly tries to make it work out the way the Lord desires. To fulfill the desires of the Lord is perfection and to fulfill the desires of oneself is implicates you in the cycle of birth and death. So the only way to overcome the cycle of birth and death is to act selflessly in the service of the Lord where the credit or discredit or whatever may be the result is on the Lord's tab. It's not on your tab. He's simply looking at your determination and service and is grateful for that. This is a perspective change. Most people have I, me, mine, gimme, gimme, greedy, greedy, greedy. And they step forward, they push and fuss and fight and steal and take and grab and cheat and lie and everything they can to get what they want out of life. But they're implicated. They're forced to accept the results of their decisions. It's on their tab. It's on their account. So the Vedic literature teaches you how to get these accounts sorted how to get this material conception, impersonal conception, spiritual conception, personal conception in proper perspective. Correctly understanding them for what they actually are, seeing them in proper perspective. So this isn't taught in school. The, at best, many of the religions teach you impersonal. God is great. God is powerful. God is the cause. But that's all. The Vedic literature teaches you God is a person. He isn't an old man. 
he appears no older than 16 to 20 years old in any of his, his manifestations. He's beautiful. He radiates a goldish, uh, excuse me, a, a, a radiant blue. He emanates a feeling of peace, of beauty, of kindness. He has all of the characteristics of a perfect human being. Poetic, gracious, intelligent, speaks all languages, compassionate, caring, determined, peaceful, patient. All of the good qualities, all of the divine qualities are sourced from God. And he's constantly smiling. And he's constantly playing. He's, he doesn't have to worry about maintaining the manifestation. He has his energies and his expansions to do that. He's happy to be playing with you and his other purified servants who have finished their term in the material world trying to be uh, controllers. Those that have stopped trying to be the controller and learned that they're actually servants and that the Lord is a person who w is willing to serve and is willing to spend time with you, play, peacefully enjoy, interacting on a, on a loving exchange level. This is normal. This is why everyone is frustrated in the material world, because they're not on this platform. We're all supposed to be on this platform of consciousness. We're all supposed to develop the divine qualities. We're all supposed to see the smiling face of the Lord. We're all supposed to associate with him as servant and master, lover and friend. And all of those relationships develop to the highest platform of love of God. The Lord is in love with you, and you are in love with the Lord. It's all selflessly given. The Lord doesn't say, you must love me. You must, you must, you must. No. It's up to you. Use your free will. He says, here is the situation. He gives you the Vedic knowledge so you understand. He asks you, he encourages you, please serve me. Please come to the highest platform. Purify yourself from this material existence. Free yourself from the materialistic misconceptions of life. Please serve me. This is why in the movement, we all chant the Maha Mantra. It's the purifactory process. It's the simplest form of service he awards. Simply hear and chant the Maha Mantra. It will lift your vibration out of this contaminated consciousness. It will lift your vibration to reawakening your service of love of God. Religion is not meant to be a practice. Religion is meant to be a state of love of God. Yes, you could practice getting to that state. That's what chanting is about. You vibrate the Maha Mantra to uplift your vibration and you become purified and you see a higher state a higher perspective and point of view, then you're able to render service to the Lord. You see that He is a person, that you are a person. You see that service is the goal. You understand it's achievable for you or me or anyone else. You become important in the plan of the Lord. And you're absolutely insignificant in this material world. You can't even get to see the Prime Minister if you want to let alone form a complaint and get a result. So you need to understand, the Lord is in your heart. 
The Lord is in his energies. The Lord is in the spiritual world. The Lord is eternally a person just like you and I. And he's endeavoring to establish that relationship of service where you render service to him and he reciprocates and he awards you. This is love of God. I'm serving you because I love you. He's serving you in return because he loves you back. We all want to be loved, don't we? And we all want someone to love. That is between two persons. And the persons are you and the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Open up that door. Let that loving exchange start and never stop. This is normal. What we're seeing in the material world is perverted reflection of what it should be. Reject it. Lift yourself up. Read the Vedic literature. Use the Maha Mantra. It is the path where you can achieve the perfection that you inherently know, you perceive you're capable of. It's not an impersonalistic perception of life where you get frustrated with no one to interact with, no one who appreciates you. That is what the material world is doing. That is not what is happening in the Vedic literature. That is not what's happening in the spiritual world. That is not what's happening between the Lord and his eternal associates, those that have come to the perfection. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.